Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osman, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Iruvin, Daf Men Vav, 46. Well, I love today's daf because it's one of those what I call meta dafs, where we really get into an insight of sort of like, how did the Amorayim view the Tanayim and how did they view the process of halachic development? Um, and we basically see this with two types of discussions that take place on the daft here. Um, the first discussion is, you know, while they're discussing, um, well, we had this case of basically, you know, in the Mishnah of somebody who falls asleep at the start of Shabbos. What happened to that person, right? They fell asleep. They, they, they took a nap, I guess, there of Shabbos. They didn't realize they wake up. It's Shabbos. Um, and do we consider that, that, you know, they only have Dalit Amut to walk around or can they walk around? And Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri said that they could actually walk around, you know, 2,000 amot in every direction. So the Gemari are basically, you know, Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi basically says that the halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri. And a very interesting discussion starts to take place. Um, so in terms of the Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri piece, there were two parts to it. Rabbi Zera comes to Rabbi, ya- to Rabbi Yaakov and he basically says, you know, did you explicitly hear Rabbi Yeshua Ben-Levi say this? Or... Did you infer this from some other type of teaching? And so, you know, what does he reply, Rabbi Yaakov? He says, no, I, I actually heard this. Like, I actually heard this, right? And so, um, um, and then, but then there was a question was, well, maybe it also could have been inferred, right? And how could it have been inferred? Because Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi also taught that any, that the halacha is always mekel. It always follows the more lenient opinion when it comes to a Reuven. And then the Gemara gets into a very interesting discussion, right? Which is basically, you know, why did they need to have, uh, why, why did he have to teach it both, both ways? Like, in other words, why did, have, why did Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi have to teach it explicitly, right? That the halacha follows Rabbi Why did Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi also have to say, right, that halacha could be very hamekel be'erav, right? That we follow the more mekel opinion. So the Gemara reads as follows. So it needed to say this, right? That the halacha is with the lenient opinion because it might have entered your mind, right? That this statement, right, of the halacha applying to uh, the mekel only applies when it's a single person disputing a single person or many people disputing many people. But when it's a single person, right, like the case of Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, okay, against several more stricter opinions, more machmer opinions, you may say what? You may say, no, that we don't actually follow, you know, you would have thought, well, we're not going to follow Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri because he's a, it's a das yachid, it's a singular opinion, and Rabbanim paskin differently. But no, so that's why he had to explicitly say that it would, the halacha was like Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri. So Rabbi now says to Abayi, So Rabbi comes to Abayi and he says, wait, I don't even need this formulation. We know that a Reuven are all rabbinic, okay? So what, why, then I don't really need to make a, a differentiation between single versus single or single versus separate. In other words, this is, I guess, even a third level, I think, of what's interesting on this tab is, you know, um, is it's trying, there's an acknowledgement here that there's something different about the halacha around a Reuven. Like they really acknowledge this is entirely rabbinic in origin. And therefore, Rav is basically saying maybe some of the same rules of how we usually paskin or explore other areas of halacha should not apply 
right? When it comes to halacha that is purely rabbinic in origin. Amrle Rapapa Laraba, so Rapapa says to Rabba, Umi de Rabbanan, Lo Shani Lanfin, Yachid, Bimkom Yachid, Le Yachid, Bimkom Rabbin. So he says, wait, is there no difference when it comes to rabbinic law in terms of a single a Yachid versus a Yachid versus a Yachid versus a Rabbin? And so now he's going to bring a, a, you know, and then he basically brings an example uh, to show a case that, um, uh, you know, that, uh, that that's not necessarily true, that even when we talk, he brings a rabbinic case from the laws of Nida. I'm not going to get into all of it now because it would just take too long to explain um, where we basically give up sack like Rabbi Eliezer, even though Rabbi Eliezer is a das yachid for this particular area of, um, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, rabbinic law. So I think, you know, so that that's the first piece of this Gemara, right? So it's really getting into sort of an explanation of, you know, the, is rabbinic, you know, yachid versus yachid, rabbin versus rabbin, or yachid versus rabbin, right? That maybe that should have a, a different consideration. And the second piece of that is, is that maybe when it comes to, you know, something that is de Rabbanan, you know, that maybe we, these types of laws, you know, actually shouldn't, uh, these types of laws actually shouldn't, uh, shouldn't follow, you know, we don't worry about that. There's a different sort of construct of how we actually, uh, of how we actually um, paskin like that, right? And so they explore that a little bit longer. And then basically starting um, on the, uh, I guess it's, you know, starting on, on, on Amud Bet, um, you know, the, uh, well, but it starts off of a discussion that has to do with mourning, which I know you're going to talk about, um, and later on is the second part, which is an Amud Bet, which is really just sort of like general rules of how do we determine halacha, right? And so they basically pair up, like if this Tana was versus this Tana, we paskin like this person. And if this Tana is versus this Tana, we paskin like this person. Um, and so to me, this was interesting to see, like, you know, they don't give a reason why, like, why does one trump the other? Why do we always follow one over the other? But it's clear that in the Amurayim's minds, at least, right, they understand that we tend to follow one person's opinion more than another person's opinion. And that to me was sort of interesting also because, you know, it's not, I don't think that's like a particularly modern way of understanding law, right? Like, I think now we sort of say, like, we take each case, you know, on, like I was thinking about in terms of the Supreme Court, for example, right? Like, it's not that we follow like one particular justice, right? I'm thinking about this. Obviously, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed away. So this is all in everybody's mind. We don't follow like one particular justice, right? The justices can decide what they want. And it's, you know, by majority or whatever. Here, there seems to be on Amud Bed sort of this discussion of like, no, there are preferred Tanas to follow. Um, and they may be able to find some exceptions to those general rules, right? But there's like a preferred Tana when two particular Tanas tend to, uh, you know, tend to disagree with each other. And it's fascinating to me that there's no explanation given, right? It's not saying why we don't follow Rabbi Meir. Why do we always follow Rabbi Akiva when he's against the Chachamim? And I guess that's the Mesorah piece of Halacha, right? That it's, it's not so much understanding the why, it's more just like a remembering of like, what was, how did the Halacha, how was it put into practice? Does that, do you understand that last point I'm saying there, Anne? Does that I, make sense? I like, it's not understanding why, like, why was Rabbi Mayer's opinion this? Or why was Rabbi Akiva's opinion this? That's not what they're getting at. 
I think what they're getting at is, is there a tradition? Is there a Misora, right? That again, it doesn't have to be rational or anything like this. It's just Misora, right? Of who is usually the preferred opinion that we follow. Well, maybe. I I would say like this. I generally think of the term Misora, meaning when we say that something is a Misora, um, like the same way that we use the term Halakha Moshe Sinai to be something very technical. I think of Misora being something that has been handed down from at least traditionally right from sinai and this is what chazal themselves have received here when we're talking about the authority of one person of chazal over another i think that some of it i think that i'm going to fall back on this thing of you know to learn anything of shas well you have to have already learned all of shas which is of course the big fallacy right because i think that there are other places where we do see uh, different people's expertise coming to the fore We'll see that, you know, when we know that Rav and Shmuel have a machloket, have a dispute, and that Shmuel is, we, we follow Shmuel for um, property issues, and we follow Rav for issues of, you know, I don't know, it's called Isra and Heta, right? Meaning that which is permitted and prohibited. Like, I feel like, so in this particular case, I can't, I can't give you a, a rule of thumb. I'm just saying that I think that the rules of thumb are possibly, and I would say even likely, you know, elsewhere in Shas, and we have to also just know it all before we can begin. Right. I agree with you. And I think we'll see more of these types of Gemaras as we go through them. Um, And I'm almost thinking like on Safari, maybe I'm going to start my own source sheet or something like that. Just to pull these types types out, you know, because I think this is, I don't know, again, just to watch them reflect on themselves. it, It always I always like these types of passages. I also do. And also sometimes we're going to see where they criticize each other. Like, you, what do you know? You don't know this area of halacha. Go away. Right? That also comes up, even to that kind of sharp tone. So I, I feel like, it's, you know, I, I just don't think that it's um, as hard and fast as it appears or feels on this particular duff. Yeah, totally agree. Um, okay, I think you're going to move on now to one of the specific patients that's discussed, which is about the um, morning. Right. So the, this business of the morning, it's it's not as much one person against another, but the question of one person against several people. Or maybe it was Rav Nachman who said it to Rava, right? Here we keep preserving the, the names of the people who, who's the, who are themselves the authorities. Meaning, don't we draw a distinction when you have one against one versus one against many or at least several, right? That presumably that the we we have general principles, right? They say that when you have many people versus just the one, then we're going to follow the majority as as a rule of thumb, as a rule of thumb in halacha. So the Gemara goes on. Vachatanya, don't we have a brayta that says Shmua Kruva? So if a person gets news, right, Shmuah, that gets news that uh, um, that is uh, it's called a Shmuah Krova means a near report, right? You get the information that is coming from somewhere relatively near. And, you, and the information is that one of your seven relatives has died. The seven relatives are uh, the two parents, uh, brother, sister, children, and spouse right so that's the seven relatives for whom one would sit shiva so if you get that information coming from somebody who is in the general vicinity of where you are then you do all the shiva all the all the practices of shiva and also the practices of shloshim 
But if you get that same information from somebody who is coming from far, meaning let's say you have left the, you know, the belly of your family and you have moved farther away and you get the word, who knows how much longer it might have taken to get to you. Then you just have one day of mourning. Now, what does this example have to do with anything? Before we even get to that question, the Gemara is going to flesh out these details. What does it mean that something is coming from near or from far? So here, the Gemara corrects me and says, it's not about um, how near the person is, but the question is how near to the event of the death, right? If it's within the first 30 days of that close relative's passing, then even though it's not the immediate day, but within 30 days, then you would sit Shiva and you would keep Shloshim. But if you heard about this only after the 30 days have passed to begin with, then you don't keep Shloshim, it's already gone, and you don't keep Shiva, you sit down one day of mourning as if it were Shiva. Divi Rebbe Kiva v'chachamim omrim, achat shmoa krova v'achat shmoa rechuka, no heget shiva u'shloshim. That's already, the first position, This all these details is Rebbe Kiva. But chachamim say, it doesn't matter whether you heard about this news within the first 30 days or afterwards. Either way, you're going to keep Shiva and also Shloshim for the, for the um, close relative who has died. That's the position of Chachamim. Okay, now what is this whole story about? What we're talking about, remember, is we're talking about the one person versus the many. So this is a case of Rabbi Akiva being the one versus Chachamim being the many. And presumably we're going to follow the many. But it's not as simple as all that. Uh, the next piece says as follows: Amar Rabbi Barbarchana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kol Makom Shatamotze Yachid Mekil Verabim Machmirin. Every place where you have not just one versus many, but the one person being lenient and the many being machmir, being stringent, halacha kedivrei hamachmirin. That you're going to say that we're going to follow the many who take the more stringent approach. Hamurubim. It happens to be that they are both more stringent and also they have the weight of the numbers. But then we throw this all, you know, we throw this all up in the air. Chutz mizo, except for this. What's this? She'af al-pish Rebbe Kiva me'kel v'chachamim machmirin halacha k'divrei Rebbe Kiva. We have an exception in this particular case where even though Rebbe Kiva was the one who was me'kel, right? Meaning Rebbe Kiva is the one who says, don't keep shiva and don't keep um, shloshim if you got word after the 30 days have passed from the time of the, the death, then even though we say that he's mekil and the chachamim are stringent in that you would, of course, keep all those things, the halacha here follows Rabbi Akiva. So the big question is, of course, why would that be? So meaning, why do we follow Rabbi Akiva against chachamim when they seem to have both the stringency on their side and also the fact that there are many, many of them? So um, here we have, again, just again a more general statement, which hopefully will shed light on the, this big question. Mesaver like Shmuel. And the answer is, this isn't about Rabbi Kiva versus the many, and this isn't about the, the stringent versus the lenient. This is a special thing, a special, uh, ex- I don't know what, um, exception, because of the area of halacha. We're talking about morning practices, morning with a U, right? And so Rabbi Yochan holds like Shmuel, and what did Shmuel say? This halacha follows the lenient opinion, because it's about morning practices. And the general approach seems to be, or his general approach seems to be, that wherever you have any kind of machlok and any kind of dispute when it comes to something pertaining to morning customs, then we're always going to follow the lenient opinion. And I imagine that that is about, you know, that's a, a matter of 
literally having mercy on the those who are mourning. I wonder how it feels to somebody who gets news after 30 days to be told that they, in fact, do not need to sit and they do not need to keep shloshim. I wonder whether they feel that that's actually the more lenient opinion. But I just want to say one more little bit of this Gemara. But Avelut hud akilu rabbanan. The Gemara um, infers, right? It, it understands that it is with regard to mourning that the Chachamim were lenient. Aval ba'alma. But in general, afilu bidraban bidrabanan shani ben yachid b'makom yachid ben yachid b'makom rabim. But in general, when you don't have a case of mourning, then we can understand that when you have one versus one versus one versus many, then we're going to follow the many, right? And that's the general approach. Um, with that, obviously, we see here that there's an exception, and it's a pretty strong exception. But the the question of Rabbi Akiva became a red herring, right? It's really about the content of the dispute. Again, I this whole top is you know interesting to me, and it's really great to see how they try to work through, um, you know, who the halacha should follow. Um, and it's also interesting to see that they sort of think that there are particular categories, Erev, Avelut, where it sort of just makes more sense to them that it always should be ruled more, you know, the position should follow more makeout. Right. And I think this goes back to what I've said before, that, you know, in terms of uh, their understanding on the DAF, of how these rules come into practice um, incorporates a whole lot more material than we're going to see on any one page. But for sure. Um, and again, you know, as we continue our study of Dafyomi together, you know, pay attention to these types of Gemaras because I think they really give you an insight into like what the Amorim are really doing with the Mishnah. You know, they're really, it's not just memorizing the Halacha, but it's really trying to piece together a system you know, it may not be a system that is how we would make our legal system today, but it's creating a systematic approach to what do they do with this variety of opinion that they have, you know, uh, in the generation of the Tanayim. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page about what you think about how halacha is made. Um, uh, thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.